Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. If you have your Bible with you, I want to invite you to turn with me to Luke's Gospel, chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, and we're going to continue our mini-series that we kicked off last week that we've entitled Together Again, as we again uh, talk about this issue of being together. And uh, today we're going to be talking about being together in purpose. Together in purpose. Now, earlier in the year, uh, when I shared the first series of Together messages with you, I shared a message with you about being together on purpose. I mean, if you know, there's a difference between being together on purpose and being together in purpose. And uh, so today we're going to be talking about being together in purpose. Now, I want to ask you this question, and I'm sure that it's uh, nothing that'll be rhetorical for you. You'll certainly have an answer for it. How many of you have ever asked yourself the question, what in the world am I doing here? What is, what is my life all about? What, you know, sometimes life just gets nuts, right? And, and you just sort of, what, what is this, what is the purpose of my life? Now, all of you, I heard a pretty affirmative response from the most of you here in the crowd today. And, um, Maybe some of you didn't answer that, but if you think that this is only a question to be asked or answered by the confused or those who just allow their minds to wander aimlessly, then you're wrong. This is a question for the intentional, the thoughtful, and the sincere. It's a valid question because too often in this life, we tend to become distracted. I, how many of you ever watched the movie Up? How many of you remember Doug? The little dog from Up. You know, he's, he's doing his thing and all of a sudden it's like, you know, squirrel. You know, just really easily distracted. And I find myself kind of operating that way sometimes. How many of you ever find yourself, you're, you're, you just look up and you're off course. You, you just got away from where you were headed. You know, we, we tend to forget what our purpose is and what our goals are. And the effect of not asking this question of what, what am I doing here and what is the purpose of my life is, well, a lot of things that are really negative. Number one is aimless wandering. We, we find ourselves five years further down the road, 10 years further down the road, 15 years, a lifetime further down the road, and we still haven't accomplished some of those things that we had set in our minds that we were going to do. We still haven't achieved some of those goals. We end up wasting a lot of time and energy. Our resources will leave us and we wonder where they went rather than having directed them where to go in order to achieve our purpose. You see, the answer to these questions, what is my purpose in life and what am I doing here? The answer to these questions is very, very, very important. Because with the answer to these questions, we reevaluate our investments. We reprioritize our lives. We rearrange our calendars. We reallocate our resources and all of that is done so that we aim everything that we have 
All of our energy, all of our time, all of our resources, it all gets aimed at the target of our lives and that life, that target is our purpose. We want to hit it. We want to achieve that purpose. We want to get to the end of it and be satisfied that we have accomplished. How many of you want to get to the end of this life and say, well, I've just wasted it all? None of us want to do that. We want to, we want to have that sense of accomplishment. There's, you can ask my wife, my family. <clears throat> There's nothing that gets under my skin any worse than to come home at the end of a day and feel like I've accomplished nothing. He's like, what's wrong with you, you grump bag? I'm like, well, I worked all day long, didn't get anything done. And it, it's irritating because we want to achieve things. You know what? It's amazing the, the way timing works out and, and even without any planning. I'm going to ask my wife to come because life affords you some great illustrations sometimes. And, um, and particular today... Uh, we have a wonderful illustration here because we're recognizing our graduates. Now, every graduate that we'll be recognizing today here in-house, we do have two uh, high school grads. They couldn't be here with us today, but that is Logan and Taylor Haddock. And we certainly applaud them on their accomplishments. Maybe they're watching online this morning. Uh, maybe not, but we certainly congratulate them on that. But other than that, we've got several adult, adult learners here that have taken their education to the next level. And I want to ask them to come up here with us. And you're going to become a part of the message here this morning, okay? Um, so let's see. Uh, is Tierra Reeves here today? Their, their family's out of town. I thought so. Okay, how about Jessica DiMartino? Yeah, would you guys say congratulations to Jessica? And Bill Brewster. than a fresh jar of Skippy. <laughs> Look at that. Too hot. All right. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to ask you guys a few questions, okay? All right. First of all, I want you to tell everybody what you have achieved and from where. Okay. I've achieved a Master's in Divinity from Liberty University. Okay. Okay. And Jessica? I achieved my medical office administration degree from Lenore Community College. All right. Very good. Very good. Now, you guys did this raising kids, working full-time jobs, all of the regular trappings of life. Did you have to make choices in how you spent your time and all of your available resources? Are you glad today to be standing here with this achievement? Do you feel fulfilled? Okay, all right, so you're, 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 you're heading towards what you feel or you have sensed or you have known to be God's intended purpose for your lives. Absolutely, absolutely. We celebrate that with you guys this morning. Come on, gang, help me here. Help me say congratulations to them.
Hey guys. No, wait, 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 wait. Hang on. Hang on. We're not done just yet. So. Now, neither one of you are like old fogies. Okay. Are you done? No. Is this the end of the road? No. There's more. Yes. There's more for you. God has more for you, right? Absolutely. All right, stretch your hand this way. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we celebrate accomplishments with these today. Lord, we thank you, God, for giving them strength, for giving them the wisdom and the discretion and the discipline, Lord, to set aside what is good for that that is best. And Father, we just celebrate their accomplishments, their achievements, not only these, Lord, but others whose names were called who weren't able to be here today. God, we celebrate with them, but Lord, we ask you for the next chapter. Lord, the, the B part, that that comes after this statement today, Lord, that God, you would just anoint their lives, that you would empower them, that you would enable them, Lord, to see things fulfilled in their lives that they never thought possible. And Lord, we give you the glory, the praise, and the honor, and we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you, guys. So that's just a, a, a very simple illustration here this morning about what is required of us if we're going to achieve our goals in life. Now, these are important questions for us as individuals. We've got to figure that out on an individual basis, and we've got to figure it out in the, in the right here and the right now. We only get one life. We only get one shot. It's got it's to matter. It's got to count for something. But the weight of these questions is multiplied when we hold it in the light of eternity. Are we spending the life and the resources that we've been entrusted by God Almighty in such a way that we're going to be prepared to stand before the one who entrusted those things to us and ordained our lives for a purpose. These are the questions that must be asked of anyone. They must ask of themselves if they desire to get to the end of this life and stand before the master and hear those words. Well done. Good. And faithful servant. We got to ask we got to ask. But again, it's not just a question for personal consideration. It's a question for us to consider corporately as a church, as a body of people, as a body of worshipers who are here serving and, and loving God. It's a question that must be considered collectively as a church body. I want to ask you this morning, why? Why did God inspire in the hearts of men and women of God some 50 years ago that there would be a Pentecostal witness here in Greenville, North Carolina through the entity known as Faith Assembly of God? Now, was it simply just so that we'd have a place to gather on Sunday mornings? Was it solely for the sake of using our collective talents to have the word taught and songs to be sang? Or was it for something greater still? Like to be a lighthouse in this community. 
Was it to be an organism, not just an organization, but an organism that's living in this community that's thriving in the spirit and reaching out in power? You see, these questions are so vital for you as an individual because these questions are the catalyst to you changing your world. More importantly, the church finding its purpose is the catalyst to us changing someone else's world. And I want to share with you some things that will happen, I believe, when we recognize our purpose. So if you've got your spot there in Luke chapter 5, I want you to look with me beginning in verse 17. And we're going to read down here an interesting story that you've heard a number of times, no doubt. But I want to share with you again this morning. And it says this, now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching, he being Jesus, of course, that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Then behold, men. If you're taking notes there, that, that word men, just that simple word, men. Brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said to them, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began reasoning, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Rise up and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And immediately he rose up before them, took up what he had been laying on, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. Now, I want to share with you just a few things that happen when we collectively begin to recognize our purpose in Christ Jesus. The first thing that we see here in this text, this is a wonderful, wonderful story. But can I tell you that apart from the fact that there were a handful of men who decided to do something, this narrative would not exist in the word. And I want to share with you today, church, that when you and I begin to recognize our purpose in God, inactivity is no longer acceptable. We've got to do something. We've got to act on it. The word says, then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. There was a, there was a sick man in one place. There was a paralytic in one place, 
and there was a healer in another. And these men recognized in that moment that it was, they were there in that place, in that time, for such a time as this. How many of you know that your place is right now? You're in situations, you're in the, the, the sphere, the circle of fellowship and influence that you're in right now for such a time as this. How many of you believe that there are people that you gather with, that you're around, that you rub shoulders with, that you converse with on a daily basis and they're over here, but the answer to their problem is over there and his name is Jesus. These people, these four men, uh, Mark tells us, recognized that they had a purpose right then in that moment. And it was to get the paralyzed man, the man who was sick, over to the healer. In that moment, they realized that the answer to their friend's need was just a little ways down the road. And they also recognized that their purpose on that occasion was to get him to Jesus. These men saw their friend in need. And I want to ask you today, is there somebody around you that you are in their lives for this season? You have been given a platform in their lives. I told you the other day, don't call me a minister as if you're not. The only thing different between you and I is the shape of your platform the shape of your pulpit, but you've got one. The question is, will you use it or not? But once you recognize your purpose in Christ Jesus, you will also begin to understand that inactivity is no longer acceptable because inactivity is the same thing as disobedience. And none of us wants to be disobedient to, disobedient to the call of God on our lives. The second thing I want you to notice here about this text is that once we recognize our purpose, self becomes secondary. <clears throat> I said once we recognize our purpose in Christ Jesus, then self becomes secondary. The word here says, then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. The only person here that is specified in this text is Jesus. He's the only one to receive glory. He's the only one to receive honor. He's the only one that is designated by his personage. We understand here from the text that there, there, there were men who brought a man. You see, there's, there's much to say about this simple word that identifies the, 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 those that brought the lame man that day. That simple word is men. It's not Carl and John and Stan. It's men. Nameless faces that recognized their mission and their purpose before God Almighty in that moment was to bring their sick friend to a gracious God. Mark tells us that there were four men who carried that bed, but Luke didn't even find that to be an essential part of the story. He just simply said, men, we don't know their names. Their names are irrelevant. As a matter of fact, the fact that there were four of them really is irrelevant. 
It could have been two of them. It could have been three of them. It could have been six of them. But the principle is still the same. It didn't matter who they were. It mattered who Jesus was. It mattered that the need was met. That's all that matters. And as, as far as we know, we never hear from these characters again. And I want to tell you something today. This, this past year, the, we have, we have uh, uh, witnessed the passing of a great hero of the faith. We have seen uh, Reverend Billy Graham laid to rest. And in his lifetime, he saw millions upon millions of people who came and made a profession of faith in Christ Jesus. And I know sometimes for you sitting here in the pew on a Sunday morning and you're hearing about God's purpose and God's calling and, and, and God's mission for your life, sometimes it's hard to correlate that you have a ministry when you're looking on at the impact of this single figure here and you're saying, man, what can I do? I, I can't do that. Well, maybe you can't do that. But Mark does tell us that there were four men there who carried one man and got him in front of Jesus. I don't know that we've ever heard from them again, but can I tell you that single act may have been the crowning achievement of their lives. And if you spend your whole life and you lead one person to Jesus, you like the little guy standing on the seashore casting the starfish back in the ocean, and the whole shoreline there was strewn with starfish and some old guy came by and, you know, as curmudgeons do, and they said, son, you can't, you can't make a difference. There's so many here, you can't make a difference. He, and he took one and he tossed it back in the ocean. He said, I made a difference to that one. What I'm saying to you today, church, is that you may never see the masses come to Christ because you have shared your witness and your testimony, but if you see one, you made a difference to that one. You made a difference to that one. You see, it's, it's thematic in the Bible, especially in the New Testament, that, that once a man is acquainted with his purpose, then nothing else takes precedent above it. John the Baptist understood that his purpose was wrapped up in being the forerunner for the Messiah. Therefore, we read John preaching to the masses, not about the greatness of John, but rather by saying this, uh, John chapter 1, we read, it says, John answered them saying, I will baptize you in water, but there stands one among you who you do not know. It is he who is coming after me, is preferred before me, whose sandal straps I am not worthy to loose. And in another place we read, John says this, he must increase, but I must decrease. I've got to be second here. My name doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I don't see my name on the marquee of the stadium. It doesn't matter if, if the masses of Christianity aren't clamoring to hear the word that I've had to share or the next CD or the next message or whatever it is as long as I'm making an impact in the place that God has placed me.
Paul understood that his purpose was to herald the good news of the gospel to the Gentiles. Therefore, he considered his Jewish pedigree and his bragging rights, which meant nothing to those who he was called to serve, by the way. But he considered those things as secondary to his purpose. And we hear him say to the Philippian church, but what things were gained to me, I have counted those as loss for Christ. Paul says, it's not about me. It's not about how much I know about the law, but my life is in Christ and I'm his ambassador here on the earth. And it's about this gospel. Jesus understood his purpose. And ultimately in the garden, we hear him praying this prayer, very familiar prayer, and it says, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. Can I tell you something, church? I want to be very honest with you here this morning. How many of you have an ego? Everybody do it with me, okay? Do it. Do it. Yeah. We all struggle in the area of pride. There's, 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 a, there's a part of us, innate to us, that wants to be recognized, that wants to be applauded. But can I tell you, too often there are times that we don't want the towel of servitude if, unless somebody's going to recognize our identity. But in this passage right here, there are four friends. As I said, it could have been more, could have been less. It wouldn't have mattered for the point who simply knew that there was a purpose in that moment. And that was to get their hurting friend to Jesus, so they put themselves second. And they did what they could. In this scenario, I want you to note, nobody's trying to be any better than anybody else. Nobody is pressing their personal agenda. Nobody's trying to prove how much more they know about ministry than anybody else. And everybody's just trying to get the job done. I probably shouldn't say this. But that's never stopped me before. <laughs> and as I said, not here. You're precious, wonderful people. But, but I have said in some meetings before, we're going to come together. We've got this project. God's laid a vision on our hearts. And, and we're going to try to get together and figure out how to make this thing come to pass. Oh, we're going to plan. We're going to dream together. We're going to scheme. You come into the room. You get all settled in. And it takes the first 45 minutes of the meeting for everybody in the room to list their credentials and how much ministry experience and success that they've had before you can get on to the point of the meeting. And you just want to be like, you know, we've, we've done it, okay? We've, I've, I've been there. I've done the same thing, same result. God bless you. Do you want your crown here in heaven? Because I, I can promise you what I can give you is nothing compared to what he's going to give you. So if we could just cease this right now. Put yourself in second place here for a minute. Understand that we're all here to achieve the same thing. But everybody, just four guys, four guys out changing the world. 
one person at a time. That's the only thing that's important here. Third, when we recognize our purpose in God, obstacles become irrelevant. Come on, somebody. Shout hallelujah. I want to be very careful here to differentiate the A part and the B part of this verse. The word says, and when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd. Have you ever seen someone in action and you thought to yourself, man, there's a, there's a man, there's a woman on a mission. You ever witnessed that? You've seen so, you, I mean, you, you're watching them move. You, you're watching them in motion. You're like, man, they, that is a man or woman on a mission right there. They have a purpose. They are determined. They're going to make it happen. There's nothing going to hinder them. There's nothing going to stop them. But can I tell you something today, church? Too often are the times that our story ends after the A part of this verse. We had the good intention. We understood the purpose. We got together, the four of us, and we grabbed our friend's mat and we started walking towards the house because we heard there was a healer in the house. And we get to the edge of the courtyard and we look at the house and we see all the people and all we can do is consider the impossibility or the, or the steep improbability that we'll ever be able to make it through and we set our friend down right there at the boundary line and we walk away. Maybe they rejected your testimony one time before. Maybe you've heard them make remarks saying, I don't want to hear anything about your Christianity. I don't want to hear any of your church lingo. I don't want to hear all of that Jesus stuff. And maybe in that moment you were standing there and you had your little bed and you were getting ready to take them to Jesus and all of a sudden, and when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, Oh, well, I want to tell you something. The devil will point out to you every impossibility between you and purpose being fulfilled in your life. He did it to Moses. He did it to Gideon. He did it to Jeremiah. And he does it to you and me every single day that we live. When, when you're sure of your God-given purpose, though, you're not going to take no for an answer. You're, you're not going to receive that. Thank God for the B part of this verse. The B part of this verse continues and says, And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop. Come on, somebody. And they let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. And I want to ask you something this morning. Who's in your realm of influence right now that needs you to persevere into the B part of your story? Who, who has God laid on your heart right now? Several weeks ago, I asked you to pray about seven people whose lives you could impact for the glory of God's kingdom. But who's that one right now? 
Who's that one right now that their situation just looks like an impossibility? It looks like the crowds are gathered in too tight. The obstacles are too many. Can I tell you right now, that person needs you to persevere into the be part of your story. That person needs you to persevere up to the housetop. That person needs you to persevere through counting the cost of ripping the tiling off and letting them down at the feet of Jesus. You say, I'm not trained well enough. I'm not gifted well enough. I, but I, in, in response to that, I simply say, acquaint yourself daily with God's purpose for your life and rely on his strength until you find a way. And I relieve you with this verse that says that it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Pastor, I'm not adequate. No, you're not. Neither am I. I want to ask you something today to prayerfully consider with me. How badly... How badly does this city need a church that's going to persevere into the B part of the story? Oh, you've seen them. You've seen them all over town. You, you cross the street to keep from bumping into them on the sidewalk because they don't look like you and they don't smell like you. And most of the times they talk to themselves. You hadn't seen them? They stand on the street corner and they shake their little change jars. Some of them bear the scars and the markings of a tragic life. They need a body of people that are going to persevere to the be part of the story. They need some people that are going to be on their knees in prayer, the people that are going to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to have the strength that's necessary to get up on that roof if need be and tear off the tiling and lower them down to the feet of Jesus. I want to share with you finally here when when a body of people recognize their purpose and they walk in that purpose, then miracles become possible. Oh, I love this. Verses 24 and 25, it says this, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. And immediately, he rose up before them, he took up what he had been lying on, and he departed to his own house, glorifying God. Church, I'm ready to see some of our friends and neighbors laying down the crutches of their spiritual infirmity and beginning to glorify God. I'm, I'm ready to see some friends and neighbors rolling up the trappings of their 
spiritual mortality and come into life in Christ in ways like never before. But there's got to be a body of people that are going to rise up and recognize their purpose. Earlier, earlier in this message, I made the statement that, that I believed it was necessary for a church to find its purpose. And I asked you what you thought God's purpose was for establishing this church here in Greenville, North Carolina. And I'll tell you exactly what it is. It's the same thing I told you two or three weeks ago. I asked how many of you would believe the Lord to use you to witness the gospel to see seven other people come to Christ. It's the same today. I believe that is the purpose of any church, whether they want to recognize it or not. Sure, there's care for the body. Sure, there's prayer one for another. Sure, there's edification and there's building up of the body of Christ. But there's also a principle in the word that freely you have received, now freely you shall give. Church, we can't keep this bottled up. Some of you ladies. If you were to go out to the mailbox this evening and find you some good coupons in the box. Come on, how many of you tell all your friends tomorrow at work? Big summer blowout at Bell. Come on. Somebody testify, right? You men folk, there's a, there's a deal going on down at the sports store. What you gonna do? You're gonna be at work tomorrow morning. You're gonna gather up with the fellas and you're gonna prop up on the bucket. And you're gonna say, hey pal, let me tell you about the good thing down at the sports store. They got Rugers on sale. And you're going to stand there and you're going to talk about the goodness of the sports store. You're going you're to talk about the goodness of the dress shop. Ooh, mm, I, I felt that. I, I felt the agreement in this house, right? The guys, I'm going to tell you what, you're in trouble this, I'm sorry, you're in trouble this afternoon. I, I felt a spirit of shop just sweep over this place right there. Tomorrow morning, somebody's going to come dragging their self into your presence. And they're going to be whining and moaning and grumbling because it's Monday morning. And what did they do right then? They just kick the door wide open for you to say I'm so sorry that you feel that way but it is a wonderful day and they're going to say what's wrong with you don't you know Monday is the worst day of the week I don't understand that I don't wish my life away on Monday waiting for Friday. My God's good God every day. 
can tell you of his goodness just as well on Monday as I can on Sunday, as I could on Friday, as I will on Saturday. Come on, somebody needs to testify. I want to tell you, church, you may not believe me, but if we can just get me in second place for just a minute and recognize our God-given purpose, there's hurting people all around you. They're crying out and they're calling out. They're asking you for a testimony of goodness. They're begging you to tell them about the mercy and the grace of Almighty God if you just listen for just a moment. Church, I still believe if, if God wanted, us, wanted to save us without wanting to use us for his glory to reach the lost, then we'd have to dismiss much of what he says about the church in the New Testament. See, here at Faith Assembly, we are here to develop faithful followers of Jesus Christ. Wherever you are on that spectrum of following, if you haven't started yet, we want to help you get started. If you started yesterday or years ago, we want to help you go further in your pursuit of Him because we are here to reach this city with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us and we hope you have a blessed day.